Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It's Chris Graham. We're talking with Ron Mullins and all the fallout from Daytona this weekend. They didn't get to race on Saturday night like the plans were in place for with the rain and rain hit again on Sunday. Then there was news earlier in the week uh, that affected things. Uh, Kurt Busch, who had qualified for the playoffs, is out of the playoffs, and that opened up another spot. So we had two spots open uh, in the race on Sunday. And uh, Austin Dillon took the first one with his first one of the season, and then we had a race to see who could get the second. Rod, there was a lot going on. Take us through uh, this weekend in Daytona. Well, I think I said this last week when we had the uh, podcast that it would be pandemonium, and it certainly was pandemonium because with the race on Saturday night being rained out, we had to move to a Sunday race, and then you had a lot of the fans that were happy because they'd moved to a Sunday race because that's the way the old race used to be. It used to be raced on a you know a Sunday or at least a, a Monday, something like that, but they started at about 10 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock, and then they were usually finished by about 2 o'clock, and you know, Dale Jr. was talking about things with uh, Dale Jarrett and some of the other drivers that um, had retired and so forth. And they were talking about the easy days that it used to be. Everybody picnicked. All the race teams used to picnic and stuff kind of together on that Firecracker 400 race, uh, race weekend. So that's changed. And this, this time around, they ended up having the race on Sunday. They ended up starting at 10 o'clock. They managed to get in you know, a good amount of the race before rain hit. And then when the rain hit, so did the wrecks and the wreck happened. I think the big one probably was the one that, uh, just as they were going into the turn, I think about turn one and two, um, they hit showers and they came suddenly, they came up in the uh, in-car cams, they came up, you saw it. And before anybody had a chance to finally react, Everybody was into everybody, and then you had Austin Dillon, who stayed low, followed what his spotter had told him, stay low, go low, and he ended up uh, leading the race. But they also thought that he was going to win the race uh, by virtue of a rainout. That's what they were hoping for, rain and the lightning delay. But then they managed to get it back after three hours and 20 minutes, and Austin Dillon had to do a little bump and run to get around Austin Sendrick, but he uh muscled his way in and uh, got his way into the playoffs with that one win takes up one spot. Ryan Blaney gets the other based upon him just sticking with it out there and staying with it all day, what he could do. And Martin Truex just not having a good day whatsoever. And Truex is booted from the playoffs. Yeah. What a, what a, what a thrilling day to have two spots open. I mean, it's bad news, mm-hmm. obviously for Kurt Busch and we worry about him. We've been talking about him the last couple of weeks, the concussion right. syndrome still, still an issue for him, but, um, for, for Austin Dillon, maybe break him down a little bit more first. Um, you, you know, he, he raced his way in. He, you know, right. we knew that a, if there was a new winner, uh, on Sunday, as it turns out Sunday, that there, that person would, would race their way into the playoff field. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy though. I mean, he, he had to battle back there. It was, it was, it was everything going on this weekend. I mean, the rain Saturday mm-hmm. night, the big crash and the, the, three hour, 20 minute rain delay. Um, I mean, you know, this race came down to the very end. So, um, you know, gritty performance by Dylan to, to, to stave it all for and, and get that bid. Well, you know, the, the track out there changed dramatically. I mean, from, from Saturday, you know, the rain washed everything off and then they didn't have any practice, didn't have anything else that was going on. No qualifying. They went out there 
with new tires, go out on the track. They start laying some rubber down. They start getting at least a little bit of a feel to the track. The weather conditions started to change. Either the car got loose and the car just couldn't perform. It just couldn't go around the turns as well. Eric Jones, uh, he was running near the front at one point, was going to lead, uh, was leading the race, and then he had trouble with his car, ill handling race car, and being able to stick to the racetrack. So that dropped one off right there. But you still had Blaney in there. You still had Martin Truex Jr. Austin Dillon was just kind of floating back and forth, floating back and forth. And then there was the possibility they were even talking at one point, Todd Gilliland could have come up. Uh, if he came up with a win, he was running there top five, top 10, and he had a good car all day. If he had been, uh, if he had managed to get there, he could have possibly won that race. But, you know, Austin Dillon, I have to say this, um, he is probably, um, he's, once you meet him, though, I, I, I tell you, Chris, he's kind of cocky. He's kind of cocky initially. That's the first time I met him back uh, a couple of years ago at a Bass Pro Shops event uh, down in Bristol prior to the season just starting and getting ready for Bristol that year. Um, really self-assured, self-confident of himself, but you kind of have to be that way as a driver. But, you know, this time around, I saw a driver that was not as much concerned about how he looked as much as he was worried about how well he drove. And the other thing was he didn't listen to grandpa. Richard Childress made the call on him and told him, he said, you could hear him on the radio. He said, you're going to have to make the call. You're going to have to make your move on the white flag. Well, I was sitting at home and I have never sit in a race car like that. And I've never had to make that call before. But I think when I was running the, um, I guess the lap by lap sort of thing that I had on Facebook, Next thing I said to myself, no, uh-uh, you cannot wait till the last lap. You are going to have to go now. And that was like at four laps to go. And that's exactly what he ended up doing. About four or five laps to go, he gets up behind Austin Sendrick. He gives him a tap. And Austin Sendrick, you know, he could be mad about it. He said, you know, I didn't like the way that that happened. But he said, you know, hey, he was racing to get in. I'm already in, but he was racing to get in. Desperate times calls for desperate measures, and that's what ended up happening out of it. The one I feel bad about right now is uh, Martin Truex, because Martin Truex says he's been pretty much a, a consistent driver over the course of the season, but you still look at Truex, and it's like, you know, you've been in the top four the last couple of years, especially when you've been down to the final four weekend, if you call it that, with the countdown when they go to Phoenix or if it's been to Florida, however they've done it. But here he was, and he got knocked out. And one of the Joe Gibbs cars gets knocked out of the competition. So there you go. Two of them are in. Christopher Bell and Kyle Busch is in it. But Truex is not. And Bubba Wallace gets knocked out, too. Bubba Wallace had a chance there at one point, thought he was going to be able to do something. He had bad luck just the same as everybody else. But, you know, you had wrecks all over the place. Uh you had people claiming they were in the lead. Uh, Austin Dillon wasn't leading. Kevin Harvick claimed when the caution came out, he was the one in the lead, but yet Kevin Harvick's car is tore up and has trouble. How do you get it around the track? I don't know, but that's Kevin Harvick. Uh, just another thing. And then uh, as uh, Justin Haley, the driver of the uh, Leaf Guard team said, you know, uh, this was pitiful. He just said, this is just pitiful altogether. He said, uh, racing like this, they should have called the race when the rain came, but that's one of those uh, moment things. It happened in a moment, just like 
a wreck will happen out on the highway. It happens in a moment's notice, and that's what happened. Only 10 cars finished on the lead lap. Only 17 cars were running at the end of the race. <laughs> right. That's that's just unreal. That's unreal. And, and um, you, you know, for – for that to be the case, and then for Blaney to finish fifteenth, mm-hmm. and, and and Truex finished eighth, but uh, for for Blaney basically to finish was was the key there with with only seventeen running at the end. Yeah, and I mean he had nothing of a front uh, front right fender there on the front there uh, around the car. They had uh, even talked about black flagging him at one time because you know you've got to make that speed coming around the track and then here that carbon fiber body is flopping i mean it's just flopping in the wind and going everywhere and you know you got to give him credit for keeping that car in like he did and even though like you said he finished 15th truex finished uh finished eighth uh you know i think there was a lot of just determination on ryan blaney's part uh to get there and he held on to it and he was managed to get in so we got our playoff field set now, um, and you know that's, the, the playoffs start next weekend in Darlington. Um, by the time they get to you, because you'll be in Bristol next month, uh, they'll be down to twelve already by then. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what are your thoughts now? I mean, so we, the, the the crazy the crazy last few weeks to get to the stage where we now have a playoff fields over. Um, who who has the momentum at this at this first stage of the playoffs? This first stage of the playoffs, if everything can stay together, I think Richard Childress Racing probably has some of the momentum. That that win at Daytona was big. It was big for Austin Dillon. Uh, Tyler Reddick, even though he's kind of going to be a lame duck driver for him uh, for Richard Childress next year, um, you know, he got there and he performed a teammate's duty, and that was block and keep anybody else from getting up there to try to challenge him toward the very end of that race. So I think the momentum's kind of gone into Richard Childress's uh, camp and Austin Dillon and you know Tyler Reddick right there. I think it's kind of given them a new lease on life, so to speak. Um, the ones that I have questions about right now, where they're going to be and how they're going to be able to hang in there are some of the Hendrick cars. Alex Bowman did not have a good race. He has been mediocre at best as the season has gone on. Um, he's just not had a good season uh, from that one win that he had early on. And then after that, he just kind of faded off. William Byron has not performed very well here in the last few races. Uh, Byron has had some bad luck. Chase Elliott had bad luck this time around. Kyle Larson blew an engine early on, so probably 17 laps into the race, water is spewing out of the tailpipe or there around the exhaust, and the engine's pretty much uh, given up, and that's unheard of for a Hendrick engine to give up like that, only 17 laps in. That either says that there was some kind of a a belt problem, a timing, something like that involved with it, or there was a leak somewhere and something started leaking. So you're going to see those teams try to get focused on trying to be in the the, uh, whole big picture of this thing. And then you've got these other teams that were on the cusp, so to speak, and that's the Eric Jones, um, some of the others, Bubba Wallace, they're all wanting to go and make, you know, final season, this final part of the season preparations to, you know, really go out on a, on a positive note for 2022. And I think they could also stand a chance at winning some races too, and kind of, oh, I'd say kind of mixing it up a little bit more in the playoff picture. But right now I think of the teams that I'm looking at, I'm not impressed with Joe Gibbs racing, being able to hold it together through the rest of the season, because unless they have some kind of, uh, you know, 
open divine intervention from above, I don't know if they're going to make it through. I think Kyle Busch and probably Christopher Bell will get knocked out of the playoffs here uh, probably by the time they roll into Charlotte by October. That could very well happen, and bad luck is what's going to be the name of the game. So I think of anybody going into Darlington, it's going to be Dylan, it's going to be uh, Reddick with Richard Childress. They're going to have the momentum right now, but Things can change so quickly like they have, like this past race. Things can change really quickly. I'd worry if I were a Chase Elliott fan, maybe not that he won't make it through the first round of the playoffs, but right. um, he's first in, in the standings as we now you know move to the playoff picture. He's got four wins, leads the, leads the Cup Series with four wins. But I'm looking at his last five times out, only two top tens, actually, and both of them were top fives. Mm-hmm. 29th this past weekend. He was 11th back at Michigan back in early August. He was 16th uh, on the road course at Indy back in July. So, you know, I mean, you know, I see this in other sports sometimes uh, when a team clinches a playoff berth early, um, you know, and they coast for a while. Mm-hmm. It can be hard to turn it back on. I wonder if that might end up being the case for Elliott. I think it could be. It could very well be a possibility. Um you know, this team is so used to winning. That team is always, uh, Hendrick is always used to being in the playoff picture as they have been over the, uh, the last few years. And, you know, you've got all the drivers in there. You've got Larson, you've got Elliott, you've got uh, Byron, and you've also got uh, Alex Bowman in there. But, you know, you're right. I I just really think that Chase Elliott right now, I'm I'm hoping at least in this regard, I hope he hasn't peaked before you know, we really get into this part of the season and stuff because, like you mentioned, he's kind of slumped off from what he had had early on those five races. He had the two top fives, or there the top ten, but uh, you know, he's kind of he's kind of fallen off. You know, uh, the road course, Watkins Glen, Indy. You know, those were wins he should have had. You know, because he had, you know, he's had a decent uh, record when he goes to some of these driving these uh, uh, road courses. But uh, he didn't do as well. He didn't do as well this time at, at Indy, and he had some issues back and forth when he was at Watkins Glen. Um, we'll just have to see if he can hold it together and get to the Roval by the time it rolls around the first part of October. But, uh, you know, Bristol. Bristol's going to be a key. This Bristol race is going to be a completely different race than what we saw in April because they were on dirt. They don't know what it's like to even test on concrete with this next generation car, this is going to be completely a whole new world for them because they practiced, they got everything ready for dirt. It's a completely different bird when you put that car on concrete and we'll see how it handles. We'll see how it uh, performs when it gets down to Bristol, but Bristol could be the cutoff point. Like you said earlier, 12, uh, that'll cut it down the playoff picture after that Bristol race to 12 uh, people, 12 teams in that race. So we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, and, and I'm sure the teams don't like, especially those playoff teams, and those one, the ones who are sort of on the bubble between 16 and 12 by that stage, mm-hmm. they're not going to like not having a history with the new car uh, on that track. Uh, and, and But for fans, that means, hey, just like this past weekend, it means uncertainty, and it means there can be some surprises coming out of, out of Bristol there in a few weeks. Yeah, I love uncertainty. And, you know, that's something that drivers – ought to be prepared for They ought to be ready for this kind of thing. There is uncertainty in anything that you do. Um, they need to be ready for expect the unexpected. And I've, I've preached that before. I tell my kids in class, 
you know, expect the unexpected, whatever you're going to do. If you're doing your homework assignment, expect the unexpected, expect to get COVID, but you know, don't worry about it right now. We've got it covered. That's the way they ought to be. Expect that unexpected thing to happen, but uh, don't write it off and just say everything's going according to plan. Nothing goes according to plan in NASCAR. It hasn't this season. And, uh, you know, just ask Kyle Busch. You know, that should have been something that uh, should have been taken care of back oh, months ago about signing him or at least getting him a sponsor. But somewhere, somebody has dropped the ball. And so that's one of these unpredictable factors that have kind of come into this whole thing. And now Kyle Busch is just like the rest of the Joe Gibbs Racing team as well as some of the other teams that's out there. They don't know who they're going to sign. They don't know how they're going to perform when they get out on the track. And we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, it's it's all up to the driver now how he's going to be able to perform here for the, the next uh, set of these races going into that uh, final weekend uh, down at Phoenix. Well, Rod has a story uh, up on Augusta Free Press recapping the race. And, uh, of course, check Augusta Free Press throughout the week if, if there's any big news. Like last week when the news about Kurt Busch hit, we had some coverage of that. Uh, uh, but check us out during the week, and then we'll uh, we'll look for Rod uh, post-Darlington, the first playoff mm-hmm. race. And then he and I will get back together next week. Well, Rod, as always, thank you for your time and your insight. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you.